When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to this completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, February 11th, 2020, in the middle, the middle of winter, you know it's supposed to end in like, like, I know it's another month it ends. I don't want to do anything that involves math. No math anymore. No math anymore. That's Ian Ferguson on Pat Country. I was right about the Pat math last week, people said on the topic for the uh, Google Stadia. Six months was May 19th. There it is. So you have to adjust your date to May 19th. Anyway, on the show today, we'll be talking about uh, the release of Not For Resale, a video game store documentary, Double Dragon and Kunio Kun, Brawler Brawler Bundle, <laughs> a Kickstarter that looks interesting, uh, and your Q&A, and a Patreon, Paul. Ian, what, did you have fun this weekend? You yeah, do? I went to the zoo yesterday. The good old San Diego Zoo. Yep. Yep, we talk about the zoo a lot on here. I went with Vani. We've been meeting up with her friend. Well, she's been meeting up with her friend every week on Monday at the zoo. <clears throat> and, oh, okay. And they walk around for a couple hours before her friend has to go off to work at one of the... Go off to work. <laughs> go off to work at one of the um, at one of the, the comic shop locations that Vani works for. Um, it was good. The past couple times we've been, the animals have been really active. We caught the lion roaring. That's uh, always good. It sounds like a sound effect. It's like, it's yeah, it's, even a, it's, it's like, whoa. It's crazy. We went home and we told Nene about it. Um, and he's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, he's I, like, I'm aware. I'm aware of that. I know what goes on in the club. Uh, we saw the orangutans playing yesterday. That was really cool. They were playing for like 20 minutes. We walked away before they finished. The Tasmanian devils were active. Oh, man, they weren't uh, last time I went. The elephants were playing with their new toys. Uh, yeah, that was great. What new toys did it? Did it... Uh, just like a, like a hanging thing. You know, there's always new hanging things there for the elephants to keep them engaged to get their their hay or their oats or their peanuts or their whatever the hell they're eating out of there. They eat oats? I don't know. Probably not. Probably hay. Um, And then uh, the last time we went there was uh, the two pygmy hippos were having a standoff. Oh, they had pygmy hippos? Yeah. And then they had the big hippos. Yeah, there's pygmy hippos there. Copies. Are those the pygmies technically? No, no. Where are the pygmy ones at? Uh, I, you know what? I'm really bad at directions. Okay. I've been to the zoo like... You don't know where it is still. 150 you? times and I can't get around there. I okay. used to have season passes to Disneyland and I don't know my way around Disneyland. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm horrible with directions. Okay. But there are pygmy hippos and they're adorable, but they were very, very cross with each other. They were pissed at each other? Oh, they were not happy. Yeah. Um, and you saw the snow leopard? That they moved into the yep. into the where there's they, no panda in the panda trek area anymore. There's the red panda, but which isn't really a panda, but it's a cute like raccoon little guy that I love. Yeah, the red so, panda is awesome. It's like my favorite thing. It's, it's not there half the time though, but um, they have the snow leopard there, which is, is cute and cuddly, and it's not related. It's not really a leopard. It's not related to the other leopards. Yeah, it's just another cat. Just another cute cat. You, you can tell it's not really a leopard because the face is like shorter and like smaller, like rounder. Yep. than a regular leopard, but they're adorable. Why can't I own a leopard? Eve? I wouldn't hurt anyone with it. I'd try. We, it probably wouldn't kill any kids because it would you know? maul you. No, it wouldn't. Just play around, you know. 
just make sure that the claws are cut and trimmed and rounded off. So nice they, and trimmed. Yeah, so when someone... French tips. Yeah, exactly. Just round them off so when he scratches you, it probably won't draw blood. It'll still hurt. Imagine getting, imagine getting punched with a paw by a, like a 700-pound cat. How That would probably hurt a lot. Yeah, I, wonder, <laughs> yeah. I actually like, wonder how, about that a lot when knock I'm your ass, Knock your ass out like a giant mitt. Just <laughs> the other thing I wonder about a lot when I'm at the zoo is how bad the tiger's breath must be. The lion's breath. You think so? Those are just big, warm But they're idiots. eating just meat. They're not eating like candy. Ugh. Yeah, I don't they know. Don't, they, don't, they don't have like, you know, gum disease. Cats, do they? Probably uh, some house cats get gum disease, but they don't eat healthy, uh, you know, cats True. as healthy. You got to got to watch out. You know, dry food's no good for indoor cats. Tip out there; it's not good long term uh, out there. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, real quick, we got enamel pins for sale. We sure do. And the li- limited T-shirt at ultimatenintendo.com. Still saw them there. We got a couple. Uh, we got uh, the. We, 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 you put up the. You put up the end of the old. My man shirt. The my man shirts up there. My man. We got eleven of the my mans left on site. Only small mediums left out there. So if you're in borderline medium large, yeah, you know, you got to cut back. You got to trim down and fit to that medium. No pressure, but that's all we got left for that. Um, did you watch the Academy Awards? I I did it. I never do. I'm not a movie person. Um, I I. I in theory, I love movies. Um, in theory? In practice, I do not have the attention span for movies most of the time. Uh, when I watch them at home, um, I usually end up getting up and walking around and pacing back and forth behind my couch as I'm watching them. So The Irishman is not for you, then? You, you, no, probably not. You, you have to split that into three viewings, maybe. I, I, I'd like to watch it, but split I... Split into three viewings. There's ways... There's, I think there's online, there's actually a cutoff point. Someone put together a guide. This is where you stop the movie oh, really? watching it in thirds. There's actually like, like you know three parts of the movie, kind of. So um, you could do that. But no, I was, uh, you know, I, I didn't watch it, but it seemed like it was kind of a mess of a show. I only watched the last, like, 45 minutes. I thought it was okay. I but it wa- seemed like it, uh, the right movie won this year, from what I've heard. Parasite, which, Parasite I, which I wanted to see. I haven't seen it yet. And it's the first time a foreign language film won Best Picture. Excellent. Uh, and obviously, it'd be funny if it won that, but not Best Foreign Language Picture. That'd be funny. But no, well, obviously it won both. But they've been nominated before, I believe, especially now since they do like nine or ten Best Picture nominations the past five, six years. But this is the first time. I, yeah, I've heard it's incredible that it's a, like mixes like all these different genres. It's really good. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, that, that was me the highlight of the night because the, the director, and he also won Best Director, uh, Bong Joon-ho, who I wasn't familiar with except he also did Snowpiercer, which was a strange movie with Chris Evans that no one saw, where it's the last people on Earth uh, in a train that's consistent uh, constantly moving because they they tried to fight back against climate change by bioengineering so the whole planet is cold oh so then the people are divided into classes on the train it's a trippy that, movie that seems like something i would definitely watch it's a trippy movie supposedly uh, harvey weinstein at the time like fucked up the release of the movie so that's why a lot of people didn't see it i, I saw it on usa one time and i don't remember it coming out it's like 2013 um, there, so he's done, a, he, and he did that giant that giant pig movie that came out a few years ago. Uh, was it Okja? Was that what it was called? That looked trippy as hell from the um, from the um, uh, previews. So all of his movies has like some sort of social commentary baked in. So right. Okja is about like uh, it's, I think it's about like uh, over over commercialization, consumerism, and, and mistreating animals. It has to do with a giant. I think it's like a giant pig that the person's friends with. Anyway, so. This sounds. Uh, it's not. A, it's not a giant pig. It's like a giant creature, 
that looks like a pig pig dog. Ah, like, yes, I see it. Like from the Neverending Story. That's mm-hmm. what it looks like. It does. It looks like it's the thing from Neverending Story uh, got big. So he went on stage and he he quoted. Uh, when I was young and studying, this is a quote. When I was through an interpreter, when I was young and studying cinema, there was a saying that I carved deep into my heart, which is that the most personal is the most creative. He said that quote is from our great Martin Scorsese, and then Scorsese kind of teared up and said thank you, and then everyone did a standing ovation for Scorsese, and I almost teared up. It's like that's only, that's the only enjoyment I really get out of the award shows when people they recognize each other as sure. a camaraderie. Then he thanked Tarantino for high, highlighting some of his films. As Tarantino was also. Uh, nominated and th- that was the weird mo- moment because like he literally grew up watching Scorsese films and studied them in school and now I'm nominated against him and I beat him I can't imagine that feeling what that would be sure like. that's got to be crazy um and so Scorsese started tearing up and now everyone loves Scorsese um and then um yeah then and then it won best picture and everyone was shocked by that and then uh, no there's not a lot of other highlights Brad Pitt won best supporting actor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I do want to see that movie it, it sounds like I'm not a huge Tarantino guy. But at least he's he makes interesting choices for what he he does, and that sounds like an interesting movie. So I want to check that out uh, there. So 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 speaking of uh, what is the most personal, is most creative, uh, a documentary that I'm executive producer of came out today on the 11th, not for resale, video game store documentary, um, and it's available on Blu-ray. It's available on Amazon streaming or 4K streaming on Vimeo. Also on my site, you can get the DRM free download at notforresalemovie.com. Um, so, you know, actually, you weren't on the show originally. You were still battling um, your sickness. It was June 2017, so you were, like, out that week. Oh, you were okay. still in and out, you know? And so I spoke about – it was on Indiegogo at the time, and I think it was at seven to $8,000. And it was it was not, not a dead Indiegogo, but it was struggling at the time. Didn't get a lot of eyes on it. So I wanted a spotlight at the time. Um, be- because it seemed like an interesting concept at that point in time, uh, the director uh, Kevin had had gone around to some game stores and, and said, "I want to do this game store uh, movie." And I was like, "Okay, this is cool to ho- highlight this." So I highlighted it, uh, helped get a little a signal boost there. But I also said, "Why don't I talk to the director and see if I could help him with this and what their vision is?" And I, I liked the idea of of talking to all these game store uh, shop owners and also looking at. Um, the this future of of what video game entertainment looks to be and that's obviously quickly transforming into digital versus physical uh, domination i think it's already over 50% digital we've had that transition the past couple of years and so i came on board as executive producer and and you know helped nudge it here and there uh with what story i think could be told um along the way, the pathway, not just of, of you know, running a game store, but you know, what is it going to look like in the future? And, and obviously the outlook uh, for physical media is not good in general. Uh, it, it won't disappear like entirely, but it obviously is going to take a huge backseat going forward. Um, we know that, especially in, in, in North America and, you know, first nations, uh, first world nations. So, uh, yeah, so far the buzz has been pretty good and people reviews have been good so far. Ian watched it. I don't know if you have any, any thoughts. I did watch it. It was uh, very good. Beautifully shot. <clears throat> um, very, very nicely shot. Uh, it's a gorgeous film. Um, definitely covers more than just game stores. I, I would say that it's more of a documentary about um, media than game stores uh, and the transition from digital uh, physical to digital. Um, but other than that, no, it was very enjoyable. Uh, 
clocks in at like about an hour and a half, and it doesn't feel long. Eighty six minutes doesn't with feel long or anything. Get no. you in and out without a bath bathroom <clears throat> break, and and you're assuming a lot. Okay, well, I don't know what you're drinking. You got your big gulp ready to go when you're watching. Yeah, it. I like to stay hydrated. <laughs> um, what one of the one of the things I, I like about about the film is that he got perspectives from different parts of the country from shop owners as best as best Kevin and, and Thomas who worked on it could. Sure. And you know, it, I'm not going to give away a lot, but this I can talk about because this is a clip I showed at conventions the past year or so, talking about the struggles of you know going digital only when you don't live in an area that can support it support that um and yeah there there are stores and regions in the u.s still where you cannot get fast internet right or you have to get satellite only and satellite internet stinks and is spotty so then what do you do then like how does that affect you if you you know you have to buy a console and now you gotta wait for a, you know a, an update patch to go through and okay it could take you the whole day i mean that's sure what people face in some areas of the world so if you don't like, like me and Ian live in a in a city with with good internet. If you don't, you know it's tough. And people like me and Ian might take it for granted that hey, we can download an update to our console or our game. We can in in in, in you know in minutes. But if you live in, you live in uh, Tennessee, and you got like that day one Red Dead Two patch, that's like five gigs. All right, I'll I'll see you tomorrow, Ian. I'll right. see you in two days. I'll be able to play it. And that's if you're not capped, you know, on bandwidth or what have you, uh, there. And uh, yeah, and and the the film goes to the Library of Congress to talk about like what's the future of preservation of this of this entertainment medium look like when there's no physical media, because that's an issue. Goes to the National Video Game Museum in Frisco, Texas, run by good old Joe Santulli, who shows up uh, in the film. Uh, and there's a there's a there's a segment at Portland Retro Gaming Expo as well, which you know talks to people. About you know about physical versus uh, digital. Ian has a little cameo. Ian, Ian forgot he was in it. He didn't know he was going to be in it. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> so I got this. So Ian's not bought off with this with this review. <laughs> he didn't know. No, in fact, I, I showed up and I just said, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> You're like, "What? What is that Ian guy yeah, on fuck, screen?" Fuck him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I hope everyone enjoys it. Um, there will probably be some reviews coming out from some publications or websites this week about it. It was a lot of hard work uh, by the crew. Uh, Kevin Kevin James Thomas Chalifer uh, did, did a great job on it. And uh, give him kudos. Go follow uh, it's on Twitter. The account is Game Store Doc is the Twitter account. Game Store Doc is a Twitter account. They're, they were running, uh, there was a YouTuber uh, JP Switch Mania was running a giveaway Maybe I'll do a giveaway next week. I didn't think about that. I'll do a giveaway of a Blu-ray next week. Come back next week when I have a chance to think about it. We'll do that. I'll, g- I'll give you a physical giveaway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And yes, it is available on physical and digital, because that'd be kind of weird if it wasn't available on, on physical as well. A documentary dealing with physical media there. Oh, did you like Neil? Neil Crockett from GameZone? Yeah. In Massachusetts. Wasn't he, wasn't he a nice character? Neil was interesting. He was a good one. Cute dog. Very cute dog. Did any of it ring true to you in terms of like the interactions with people and, and you know certain you know I remember buying that game when I was five and now I see it again. Oh, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> no offense. A lot of it was like work because it's just because you've dealt with it because I've dealt with it. Every so you're, okay, yeah, and that's not that's that's <laughs> not, that's not a, a bad thing. But if you if you want, I mean, I I could almost phrase it that way. If you want more of what I, I've 
talked about on the podcast and stuff like that. There's more of it in that sure. that documentary. Um, it's all stuff that I'm aware of. It's all stuff that I've had. Uh, some of these these experiences of of working in a game store, managing owning a game store, are, are going to absolutely be universal. And the nostalgia trips and things like that are definitely because there's certain know. things that customers experience when they come into a game store versus yeah. you know, shopping for clothes. Absolutely. Obviously. So yes, I mean all of it rang true. Okay, I like this Game Pro uh, ad. That he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Too. And the original uh, commercial mm-hmm. they found, yep. the local commercial. I, I, I can't imagine. I'm trying to remember in the late 90s, um, some, some of a segue, in the late 90s when I first started getting into game collecting again, besides Funko Land was like the main source because there were so many of them for, for used games. And Electronic Boutique in the Mall did carry some used games. They did. Uh, but I'm trying to think... In my in my area, I was lucky because there was a lot of Funkolands concentrated in New Jersey population, a lot of malls that have like you know software, et cetera, things like that. But there were still you know a couple, you know mom pop shops here and there, but they weren't just video games. Almost almost all of them were movies and and music. At least in my area, there was like three within probably twenty five thirty minutes that did trading. So I remember that Ian because like even the early in the early uh, let's say like ninety two. Mm-hmm. There was places that I was trading my Turbo Graphics games into. Sure, there was there was a place that it was called uh, UVT in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, not far from Boatcraft Amusement Park, and um, they would accept trade-ins. But we're talking early nineties, um, so but they would just look at a game like, "No, we can't take this. We have too many of them." You know, if there was too common, like that was the way it went. And, and my cousins traded in games too, all the way back then in the early nineties. So I don't know if you would count that as a. It's not really a used game store. It's more like a media buy and trade right. place. But that's what they morphed into, obviously, probably by the late 90s. You probably had them start to pop up more, uh, you know, mid to late 90s. You know, I know Digital Press was around since easily the late 90s. It's probably the mid-90s, uh, Digital Press. So, um, yeah, I just I just thought about that. Like, the evolution, evolution, and, and I guess those, those, first, those first store owners really had a, they really had to see the need for the business, which, which Neil and a couple others in the documentary talk about how they started. It's like, oh, we're just selling games in my shed in the backyard. People are coming over until the cops say that you can't do that. <laughs> it's not legal to do that. You know, so I guess that's how it all started. It's not that it's not that old of a quote unquote, I guess, cottage industry buying no. and selling used games. Mm-hmm. The more I think about it, it's like twenty five years old. You know, at least at a storefront. All right. Anything else to add? Any other final thoughts? No. How's my hair in it? Pretty good? Mm. Yeah, one, one of the weaker aspects. Yeah, uh, no, I don't. I don't disagree. I, and and I I was I was remember I was so tired when I did the interview in my room. I was awfully shaggy too. My beard was way long. I, I liked how you <clears throat> for the shot you were like you were like hovering over, you were like above in like second level when you did your your, mm. your talk. More authoritative when you're when you're speaking at you know fifty feet. Of <laughs> yes, it's like yes. I know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm I'm above everyone. It was an interesting shot. All right, check it out. Not for resale movie.com and follow game store doc on twitter all right ian so uh these uh all-encompassing video game collections uh retro game compilations are becoming uh a big thing yeah uh, recently and it's great i bought that capcom one a year or so back i think it's good um you know uh so we've got uh hot on the heels of things like the uh beat-em-up bundle 
um, the Castlevania collect that Capcom did, the Castlevania collection, the Contra collection. Um, we've now got uh, Arc System Works is putting out a uh, Double Dragon and Kunio Kun Retro Brawler bundle. Ian's favorite game, Double Dragon. Uh, luckily, I like <laughs> luckily I like Kunio Kun. Um, so this is a collection of 18 classic games. Uh, it's going to be on PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch on February 20th. That's incredibly quick. Um, a lot of these games are going to be in the uh, released in the U.S. for the first time. Here's a full list of the games that are coming let's out. Get, for let's get it. the rundown. Um, by the way, I think these are the uh, basically the NES versions. It doesn't say specifically, but I'm almost certain that that's what these are. Yeah, I didn't see... I, I, I saw the, the Twitter announcement. I didn't see like a site announcement. I'll look up while you go through them, though. So it's Double Dragon, Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, Double Dragon 3, Sacred Stones, Renegade, Super Dodgeball, River City Ransom, Crash and the Boys Street Challenge, and then uh, all of these ones coming up next are uh, first time in English. Um, Niketsu Renegade Kunio-kun, Niketsu High School Dodgeball Club, Downtown Niketsu Story, Niketsu High School Dodgeball Club Soccer Story, Downtown Niketsu March Super Awesome Field Day, Downtown Special Kunio Kun's Historical Period Drama. What? Uh, go Go! What? Niketsu Hockey Club Slip and Slide Madness. That's an awesome name. Surprise! Niketsu New Records, The Distant Gold Medal. Niketsu Fighting Legend, Kunio Kun's Niketsu Soccer League, and Niketsu Street Basketball All Out Dunk Heroes. Um, I should point out that. Uh, I believe that some of these are not going to base aren't going to be all new. No, these aren't all new games. These like, aren't all new games. No, what I mean is they're not all new games. Like even to us, some of these are yes. going to be the Japanese versions of games that we already got. For instance, um, <clears throat> Niketsu High School Dodgeball Club is Super Dodgeball, and you got Renegade right there. Yeah, Renegade. So uh, some of these are just you know the the original Japanese versions, but I like that. Just like how the Contra collection that Konami did, you know, there are differences sometimes between the yes, regional variations. Because River City Ransom changed the character names and the sprites. Yeah, from U from Japan to U.S. So you're getting the like the original, you know, uh, the original vision of the series right. with all the consistent names and characters. So this isn't a bad it's interesting. thing. Um, for instance, and, and uh, Niketsu High School Dodgeball Club Soccer Story. Uh, that's actually Nintendo World Cup. Sure. Um, so, yeah, some of these are going to be familiar or they're just going to be, you know... Uh, what is super awesome field day? Is that like a track and field thing? That I'm not sure. I thought that was uh, Crash and the Boys, but I actually think Crash and the Boys is surprised Niketsu New Records, the distant gold nut. I didn't know there was there's all this amount of games. That's incredible. Oh, yeah, there's tons. Um, histor historical period drama? Pretty sure I had a uh, bootleg cartridge version Is it a game where you put on a, a high school play? Is that what that is? It's a beat-em-up. But... It's named historical period drama. They're in like period costumes. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought I thought it's an RPG where you where you have to you have to audition and and, and put on a, a Shakespearean. Now, I'm play. pretty I'm pretty sure that's the one that I had a, fa a pirate Famicom card of, and I just I didn't know what it what it was when I was growing up. I knew it was you know related to River City Ransom. I'm somehow. looking on it right now on YouTube. The period drama. I'm looking it up. Uh, some gameplay. It looks like it's in English. So this is from a probably a fan translation. Okay, you're you're in you're in like feudal Japan. Okay, yeah. So so it's, so it's a beat 'em up. You're just in feudal Japan. It's like River City Ransom, you know, a few like three four hundred years ago. Looks like okay, interesting. Looks adorable. That's what that's why you like these games, Ian. Right? They're cuddly and cute and adorable, but they're still good gameplay and action. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, oh yeah, this is totally the one that I had. Um, <clears throat> the period drama one. Yeah, it's basically River City Ransom, but in, in feudal Japan. That's yeah. what it looks like. So, um, 
beat 'em ups have been popular lately. Uh-huh. Um, they've kind of experienced the resurgence. What with the, uh, like I said, the release of the Capcom Brawler collection, um, the River City Girls uh, coming out. Sure. Um, by way forward, uh, that was very very good. Um, another uh, a new uh, Kunio game just came out. It's available on the Switch, I believe. Uh, Stay Cool Kobayashi-san, a River City Ransom story. And uh, Double Dragon 4 came out in 2017. Uh, and then we've still got, um, let's not forget, Streets of Rage 4 is on its way out. So I think these games are, are, are experiencing a, a, a new breath of popularity. Um, they're not overly complicated, uh, there's something that you can get, you know, any of your friends to kind of pick up and mash sure. buttons along with you. So they also had a, a couple years ago Kunio Kun, the World Classics Collection, that came out. Uh, looks like did that come out here. I'm looking at it now. It came out on the Switch, and that had, um, let's see, that was on Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. All games included online play. I don't think it came out here. Because I, I didn't, I was not aware of this. But if these all have online play, I, I wouldn't see why they wouldn't. If this one did, uh, oh, they, it says in the article they all have oh, online did. play. Yeah. Oh, we can, every we, single we, game we can team up on River play. City Ransom. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Also, this looks like it was uh, the collection you're talking about was definitely Japan only. Okay, yeah, I've seen it, but it looks like it's, it was sort of a similar package. Maybe it didn't have all of it, but it had a similar package. It there. could be the same package. For all okay. We know retrans. I mean, translated. But yeah, I mean, that's. Um, are you are, are you surprised they're, they're including the Double Dragon games in there for the hell of it? No, I'm not. I mean, they're Technos games. Uh, so why not? Uh, yeah, why not? They're, they're, they're the bridge between Renegade and the rest of them, basically. Um, and I think uh, the NES versions of them is uh, that's the way to go. Uh, I don't love uh, Double Dragon, but the you know the one player Double Dragon is at least a little bit smoother than the arcade uh, monstrosity. We're not uh, sure what versions these are. I'm fairly certain they're the NES versions. They'll all be the console. Uh, yeah, nothing like else is is listed as an arcade. The version. good news is that if it's Double Dragon three, the Japanese one's a lot easier than the U.S. one. For, some, it- for some reason, the U.S. one they gave you uh, what is it like no continues and like the damage done was greater. Yeah, uh, I, but- I think something like that for whatever reason. They did that, that happens a lot. They with did that with Ninja Gaiden Three as well. They, they also did it so did much it, harder in the U.S. version. They also did it with um, Streets of Rage Three. The U.S. version is way harder than the Japanese version of Bare Knuckle. Were that much hard hardcore? Like I don't understand. Like Ninja Gaiden Three is so difficult to play. It's funny too because people always you know say that oh you know they they dumb down games and they bring them from uh, Japan and they have in some instances like RPGs and whatnot, but in other instances like these beat 'em ups they ratchet the difficulty up and I don't know if it was just to meet the idea of the market at the time, uh-huh. you know, rental market, you know, keep people buying them or keep people playing them so they don't go through them so quick. But yeah, that's I definitely c- something I'm glad is no longer a thing. Sure. So is, I'm, I'm confused, I looked this up, is Niketsu High School Dodgeball Club dash soccer story, that's Nintendo World Cup? That's Nintendo World they Cup. They just kept the Dodgeball Club as part of it. Like, the yes. same people from the Dodgeball, the next story was them playing soccer. Yes. I love the fact that they're doing, there's a continuity. Yeah. In the cinematic, uh, Kunio Kun universe. There's, there's a continuity. That's, that's exactly what it was. Um, which is, yeah, I think it's pretty fun too. And then Slip and Slide Madness was the hockey one, which was a prototype for the US, didn't come out yep. uh, there. And I think there might have been a prototype for the Hoops one as well, but I'm not positive. When I was paying one. attention to that stuff, there wasn't. But uh, I know the ice hockey one was a. There was definitely a US one. prototype. Yeah, there was definitely for that. a US uh, prototype. Otherwise, the there's hockey. translations of probably most of these you can probably find mm-hmm. for a ROM. But, but this, is, this is why. The ice hockey is a lot of fun too. Basketball's a little crazy. I haven't played the basketball. Basketball's one. got three hoops. 
Three hoops? One, two, three. Three stacked hoops on each side of the court. And you can go NBA Jam and just dunk yeah. them in different yeah. ones uh, there. Um, this this is good, obviously, for preservation and getting the games back out there. But if this is a good price, you know, is it what's the, what do you think the value will be on this? I'm going to guess that they're probably going to release this at 20? 19.99. 20 bucks? I'm in at 20 bucks. That's a good spot for, <clears throat> you know almost 20 games it's a lot more games overall like in terms of numbers but like i said some of these will be the same like the super dodgeball will be mostly mostly the same it was the Renegade change, will be names. mostly the same the river city ransom the crash and the boys will be mostly the same um but um yeah like the for instance the the capcom one was uh 20 bucks and both of the konami well, uh, all three of the konami ones that have come out so far have been 20 as well so i think that's probably the price point they're gonna aim for and i will definitely purchase it well on play asia i don't know if this was an import price but it was 50 dollars for the kunio-kun world classics collection from a couple years ago that's probably an import price i would guess that that was probably a 30 dollar so they marked it up for the, for the import. yeah uh, i one time bought uh center and kagura uh the peach ball, the pinball one, the 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 big boobs pinball, and um, it looks like this, it looks like it has the same exact titles. Yeah, it looks like the same. It has eight. Had My guess titles. is it's literally just a translation of it. It's just a translation of those yeah, back into English. Okay, taken. taken why did we get it a year and a half ago? Like why? I don't know. We're know? getting it now. Come on, come on, it's not guys! Like you would have played it a year and a half ago. I played the Capcom beat 'em up bundle. Remember, then you, you you never played Final Fight with me. You're always playing something else when I wanted you to play. Yeah, you just have I, to you, in. I gave you a chance. It's true. He's the reason I don't play more games. Yeah, he 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 rebukes my advances. Anyway, like like a high school date. Come on, Ian, let's play together. No, I'm playing some other game on the bundle. We never did get that Final Fight game in. We never did. No, we didn't. Let's make it, let's make it a... We should. For Although Valentine's they, they, Day, we They should. really don't do a good job on the uh, Switch version of letting... I wonder if that's ever been updated. Of, uh, like, creating a room and inviting someone. Oh, yeah. That was, it was, it was, that was it the was bigger tough. problem. It was... We tried to go. do it that night, but it was... You, we just had to get lucky and hope that we matched up. Oh, we're going to get lucky playing Final Fight. Jesus Christ. Hager and Guy team up. That's the best combination right there. <laughs> I hate Guy. It's Cody and Hagar. You want to fight right now? You, you want to fight? The final fight? You want to you have the final fight right now? I'll sure. use the katana, use the big pipe. Big pipe, use yes. That, use that big pipe, Ian. <laughs> All right, well, this is... I, I'm, I'm happy this is coming out. Um, it's funny that now... You, you give it, like, one or two more games, I'll have more retro games bought on my, my Switch than new games. <laughs> like, it'll just be a retro console. Well, I certainly have more retro than new. All right. Ian. Yes. You, you know we're big Counter-Strike news... Uh, podcast. Huge. We are the esports <laughs> podcast. We have the esports and uh, the completely yeah. esports podcast and battle royale, public public battlegrounds, public battlegrounds. G G. So Counter Strike will soon start silencing abusive players. This is from Rock Paper Shotgun dot com from Natalie Clayton. Um, so Valve in a blog post titled "Squelching the Noise." CS:GO players uh, already have the power to mute all players. But the team feels it's currently too broad an option. So, um, you may have noticed you can now report players for abusive communications or uh, or profile. If someone receives too many of those reports, they'll be muted for all other players by default. By default. Versus individually doing it. Right. Um, teammates can then choose to unmute them if they wish. But their cries will fall silent on everyone else. Uh, besides text and voice chat... Players can also report report profiles as abusive, squashing their icon from the in-game roster. The auto-mute lasts until the account gains a certain amount of XP. You can't ride this one out on another account until the timer passes. Valve hopes the report-based system will help the community regulate itself. 
Regulators, mount up. Reports will be weighted towards players with longer play time who report less frequently. Hopefully avoiding mass squelching, like that noise, squelching, from bots or aggrieved sub-communities. Okay. On the surface, I really like this idea a lot. Because if you played first-person shooters a lot, it's always the same people that end up you have to end up muting every time you play sure. them. Or in the same game session. The same. It's always the same people that are, are assholes that you end up playing with. So I lo- I love the idea that now this forces people to you know watch how they behave, and to basically you know the community will say, well, you're, you're kind of acting a fool, and you're bothering everyone, and you're screaming or whatever. And so you, there's basically going to be I guess like this time limit over time, where the, the, the time a longer timeout period. I, I love this idea. Sure, I think uh, I think in general it's a good idea. Um, I like that you know it'll bring in you know. Know, problematic offenders uh it, muted uh they're not complete completely you know done that way i guess if they're going to play with teammates they like you said they can unmute them um but who's going to want to play with someone who's that annoying uh it'll probably be a fairly decent uh what's the word i'm looking for discouragement uh, sure. from 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 doing this i think if you're trying to play reasonably um they did bring up in the article how it could be abused and i agree um i've seen stuff like that before you know, a person speaking uh, their native tongue uh, or, you know, not having a good microphone. You know, you could complain, bitch about it, and, and get them muted. But I think they'll find a way uh, to, to make it work. Um, I just, I know that people can be wild with kicks and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, I, I've, I've been playing Wreckfest on uh, PlayStation 4 a lot lately. And in between every match, you just see everyone just trying to boot everyone else luckily you need like seven votes to boot the other people what, just to be an ass or just to be an ass yeah oh. just to so be they, an they ass know they're not gonna be booted it's just a little game then right so i mean okay. I, I can definitely see stuff like this being abused but i think that this is probably probably better than not probably a step in the right direction probably Cer- certainly better than muting everyone there's no comments on the counter-strike blog post there's some comments on the uh, rock paper shotgun page uh here um The one comment says, I'm tired of how every game wants to be a community because that drives engagement and ongoing revenue streams, but none of the developers think they have any responsibility for moderating their communities or even realize that it may be an issue that concerns them. That's a good point. So it's like, it if you really want to build a, 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 a nice, happy community, you have to have some sort of moderation. Yeah, you can't just throw so, the word community around. It yes. doesn't mean anything without some sort of organization. Not, and, you have and, no, and you have no right to free speech to go into a game and be an asshole and yell and scream. There's yeah. no, no First Amendment rights when it comes to that. Yeah, that's not how it works. What was, what was the story? I think I brought you up that there was some... I don't know, but it some, sounded freaking idiotic. Some streamer or, or YouTuber that got muted from a fucking game or even got banned from it ended up tr- trying to sue over it and it was thrown out of court. I wish I had that in front of me right now. How do people not realize that something like this is technically private? Like It's private. And plus, you, plus you, when you play a game, you also uh, you sign on to Terms of Service Yeah, as well. You're basically signing away... To say that I, I abide by the rules of the de- game developers uh, want. Yeah. That's what happens when you play every single modern game. So, sorry. It's not the government coming down and saying you can't print a <laughs> newspaper government. article. You know. My, my rats! <clears throat> anyway. So, uh, I, I just think it's it's great. I, I, I wish back in my Unreal Tournament days that they had something like this. Sure. But there really wasn't. That was more for when... Um, but th- that was the weird transition point 
when it went from like eh, people in the late nineties, early two thousands, not everyone had a microphone yet. Sure, you know, so was, still people was just like typing a lot. Driving. But then once you started getting into teams and clans, and hearing people talk, because you know it's like you know press to speak in, in the game, you can hear it. Right. You know, sometimes it'd be someone a little rowdy, but you know, it is what it is. Not not everyone, not everyone can you know keep their composure in the heat of battle. Or there's just people that just are just want to be dicks online, so or show their dick online. Some people like to do that too. Wave I, it around. Wave it around, and I see it on my Twitter feed. Fortunately. Anyway, Ian. All right. Anything else? The to funny add? thing is, is that could be any a couple of people. I could be a lot of people now. <laughs> you know, but that's not even specific. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, I thought it was specific. I was like, no, no, no it's not, not specific as it should have been. I guess. <laughs> then my mom ends up seeing it to me and texts me about it. I'm like, okay, now it's really weird. Now you crossed the line. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, moving on. Ian, have you looked at your wireless bill lately? Yeah. You're probably paying a little too much. Mm-hmm. It's 2020. This isn't the late 90s with pagers. It's a cell phone era, baby. Network coverage is better than ever, no matter your wireless provider. So why pay more for the same service? That's where Mint Mobile comes in. They can cut your bill down to just $15 a month for the same premium coverage. I know what you're thinking out there. It's too good to be true, Pat. But these guys know what they're doing. The old wireless bill pays for expensive retail stores and overhead. That's why Mint Mobile reimagined how you buy wireless and made it all online, passing the savings directly. Onto you, you. Pat. Right to you. Right to me. Mint yeah. Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text, plus crazy fast, super crazy fast, Zoom. 4G LTE. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. It's simple. All you need is your own unlocked GCM phone. They'll mail you the SIM card. You put it in your phone. You get the app. You're up and running real quick, like 15 minutes. You're up and running, and you can keep your old number. It's fantastic. I, I use it. Uh, to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash podcast. That's mintmobile.com slash podcast. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. Come on, people, at mintmobile.com slash podcast. Ian, um... You old battle axe, you, Ian. Battle axe! There was a Kickstarter with 15 days ago. It's going to need a little bit of help. It's probably going to reach its goal. But we're going to give it a little little boost, a little a little booster seat. It's called Battle Axe, a pixel art arcade adventure. A sumptuous, I love that word, a sumptuous pixel art arcade adventure being developed for the Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, PC, Mac, and Linux. Linux getting back in there. I never saw that in a while. It's 1995 again. All right, Mac and Linux versions. So I'm excited about this. This looks really good. Um, so this is uh, the art is being done by, uh, and, and I believe the, the Kickstarter in general is being done by Hank Nieborg. Hopefully, I got the name right. Um, and uh, they've done art for a lot of games: Lionheart, Misadventures of Flank, The Adventures of Lomax, uh, Shantae Risky's Revenge, Contra Four, Contra Four, wow. uh, Shakedown Hawaii, and most recently Xeno Crisis. Those are all. What's Shakedown Hawaii? Uh, it's like a, um, kind of like a, a sprite based, kind of like a GTA, but 
Look it up. I, I, oh, I swear we talked about it on really? here. Really? Yeah. But it's gorgeous looking. Okay. Um, and most recently... It's a top-down old GTA 1 or 2 style. Yeah, okay. but there's there's a, a there's a, a heavier focus on like uh, business management and stuff. In oh, too, we I never believe. saw about this. This looks incredible. Yeah. Shakedown Hawaii. That came out a couple years ago. A few years ago. And uh, Xeno Crisis, which I've been playing a lot of lately, uh, which is a uh, multi-directional shooter. It got a release on the Sega Genesis. It's freaking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so... This guy's art is just incredible. And um, Battle Axe is looking to be like a uh, a gauntlet. It's a, a common... When the more I looked at it, I was more like, like you know a what? gauntlet legend. Dungeon Explorer, too. Yes. The more I looked at it. So, mm-hmm. so it's an overhead uh, melee combat game where you go around and you're killing orcs and creatures and you're getting uh, you know power-ups and you're constantly moving like gauntlet. Yeah, every character has yeah. a uh, melee attack and a projectile attack. Um, you're destroying enemy generators and things like that. Very gauntlet influenced. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. And unlike you know, more like Dungeon Explorer, like a Gauntlet Legends. Um, you know, the the levels are big. They're they're far more explorable than say the, the original the smaller sure. you know, screens of Gauntlet. So it looks fantastic. It's 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 at forty two thousand three hundred twenty four out of fifty one thousand six hundred fifty four. It has fifteen days to go. Uh, I have a feeling it'll make it. I really hope it does. Um, it's going to have three selectable characters. Yeah, it's got Rooney, the surly pirate who carries a t- surly pirate who carries a deadly cannon, which can be used not only to launch cannonballs at distant enemies, but also wield it as a weapon. Uh, Faye. A skilled fighter who wields two blades, um, and then you have Iola, which is like the wizard, aged aged mage who has history with the sorceress Atheldred, uh, which is the villain of the game, the villainous of the game. So uh, you have three different characters with different pros and cons uh, of of what they do, and, 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 and as well as their ability. So, like I said, it's very gauntlet gauntlet influence, especially with the items. You can get the food, you can get the potions, you get the scrolls. Uh, you know. Uh, you get the coins, which is like treasure and gauntlet. I, to me, I love the fact that on the first look, t- when I first look at this game, it look, looks like it can be an arcade game from like '92. When I first just look at it, like, oh, that could have been an arcade game. The way the style is, sure, right? the style is great. I mean, it's, it's, I would say even a little bit nicer than that. Um, it reminds me a lot of the uh, graphics that Square would mess around with in the PlayStation era. Um, games like Saga Frontier Two. Or um, Legend of Mana, it, it, er, lots of indie games use pixel art, but sure. very few really take advantage of the medium like like this. this. Like you, you have you have some people that are highly skilled working on this. I mean, it, it looks gorgeous. You know, you can you can do this same style game without it looking this gorgeous, obviously. But this, you know, this is a whole nother level. Yeah, you can get chicken, potion, scroll, a bomb, or coins. Um, there's different areas, there's mines, there's an overworld that you see in the trailer there, and then it, you know, looking at the Kickstarter, they have uh, obviously the cast of people here, there's voice acting in it, there's a couple of voice actors, and um, there wasn't any any uh, any stretch goals that I saw, that was one thing I was kind of surprised about. There's add-ons, but I didn't see any stretch goals when I looked at it. So the only thing I would say that I would, I would love to have is just a fourth character to sort of match the uh, the gauntlet sort of style and to have more like an elf fleet of foot character. That was the only thing I was going to say when, when I saw it. It's like, yeah, there's not a character that's fleet of foot. You know, you have uh, uh, Rooney's like, like, like the warrior in gauntlet who's strong and a little bit slow. You have the, the wizard who's, who is weak and slow like he was in the original game. And you have Faye who's like the average uh, character who, who was the Valkyrie in gauntlet. But there's no, 
There's no like elf type character. Sure. And maybe that was a balance thing. Maybe they figured that, you know, you're not running around as quickly like in Gauntlet that you can get away. So sure, and you might not need it. Might not need it, but I just think also, that was the Also, there's thing. a lot of work going into these these sprites and stuff oh, like that too. Sure. So. But that was that was the only thing is if you if you really, really want to do the Gauntlet sort of, you know, homage that you know, you put an elf character in. It's not a knock against, I'm just saying I was kind of surprised yeah. to see that. I, who who would you probably use, Ian? Would you want the the average sort of all around character, or would you want the the wizard? I'd probably mess with all of them. Probably mess with all of them. Yeah, you want to team up? I like the wizard. The wizard looks fun. I like his beard. Yeah, it's a good beard. I thought Ian's gonna look like twenty years and have that long beard and that the flowing back hair. Yeah, not back hair. The hair flows back. I mean, maybe, maybe there's flowing, flowing back, back hair. Maybe yes. There's flowing back hair. I don't know what Iolo does. I don't know what, if he grooms, he manscapes, he wizardscapes. I don't know. Uh, there. All right. Well, check it out. Um, give it a boost there. And again, this is on a- a- every platform imaginable, including Mac and Linux. Uh, you can get the Switch version. Uh, will this be physical? Was that in the bottom? Oh, we should also mention the. Um, we didn't mention the uh, the soundtrack, which is uh, okay. a huge thing. Uh, the soundtrack is being done by uh, Manami Matsumai, who did the soundtracks for uh, games like Mega Man One and Two, Final Fight. Okay, I'm in. Final Fight, Magic Sword, Area Eighty Eight, Merch, Magic okay. Sword, Dynasty Wars. Yeah, so you, you got me. I'm in. Yeah, Shovel Knight. Yeah, so this would. This is. This is gonna look I good that. and sound good. You got me. There how, we go. how does this not have more backers? Is it, I mean, I'm just surprised. Maybe because this style of gaming is not you know in vogue right now. Uh, but this. This is the. This is a. This is, this is one of the nicest looking Kickstarters on its surface for a game I've seen in a while. Uh, like I said, we don't cover a lot of these, and, and we have the option to uh, there. All right, let's let's go in. Let's let's check let's, it out. Wait, wait, final, oh, final fight music. That's oh, this stuff. great soundtrack. Yes. Oh God. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Moving on. I'm excited. All right. So, Nintendo has changed their stance slightly um, on on bans that can come about from third party codes. So what that means is. Um, Stuff like a G2A and I don't know, there's all sorts in, in CD keys, there's all sorts of uh, um, websites that are, we've talked about them before. They are questionable for a it's number a of reasons. It's a gray market. It's a gray market. No, why, is it, why are they gray, Ian? For two reasons they're gray. <clears throat> a couple of reasons. Um, most of the time, these are codes that are, they are codes that reviewers end up with. And they sell for money. On... Which you shouldn't do, by the way, if you get a reviewer. Which code. you shouldn't do. You shouldn't. You should never sell your codes. No, really. I'm going to get into that. Yeah. Um, and they sell the codes for money, or these codes can oftentimes be purchased with stolen credit cards, and the codes will stay valid. They'll go up. People will buy them. They'll be able to get the game. But as soon as the person who has the card notices that there's an issue, and they do a chargeback on it, then your game goes away. Uh, you can potentially get in trouble. It's uh, it's generally just kind of a scummy thing all all, all around. And it's also potentially a way for money laundering. Mon- money laundering as well. The, uh, the, the one big one, G2A, operates in, uh, I think it's like, like Eastern Poland somewhere. Uh, Russian connections, potentially, allegedly. So... It's a way to, to wash money. Yeah, exactly. As well. So there's like there's, um, there's there's a bunch of reasons why these are very questionable methods and um, game developers will often come out and tell you outright. This yeah. has been said, we've covered it in previous articles. If you're going to do this, they'd rather you just steal the game just outright. Just pirate the game. Yeah, versus paying someone 
to, that's doing bad things and encouraging behavior, especially like uh, you know, stealing credit card numbers, yeah, credit card fraud, yeah. money laundering, yeah. or, or or even even still selling codes that have been given to you. Um, those are given to you in trust that you're going to use them and hopefully do a review or something and get people to buy the game, not make money sure. off of someone else's game because they decided they thought you would be someone that would be worth to, you know having to check it out. I, I wasn't aware that th- that this was happening with Switch. Uh, this is uh, from this story. It, it's from Game Flip online marketplace where anyone can sell codes and other digital items. Yeah, I wasn't aware um, that it was either. So apparently, um, this is this has been happening. And uh, if the you know game got if the card that was used to purchase the game codes ends up with a chargeback, Nintendo was banning the accounts. The outright the whole account on the Switch. Outright the whole account. Sure. Um, not just the game, but the uh, the whole account. And uh, if you called, they were telling you that, you know, based, they'd, they'd ask, they'd say it was related to a recent purchase. They wouldn't go much more in depth than that. And uh, they'd say it was out of their hands. There's nothing they could do. Okay. So apparently this has, you know, happened enough. But that was bad. Why was that betting? If they ban your whole account, you can't access the games that you download. Right. You can't access the games paid that you, for. you paid for. I mean, that, that should go without saying. Yeah, you can't access the games that you paid for, but it, was, uh, it wasn't just a, a system ban. It was They were banning your entire account. So anything yes. else that was a, uh, attached to that account, be it your Mario Kart phone bullshit. And oh, I said, oh, even... even yeah, oh, that's anything, right, anything you, that you, you link to everything. your Nintendo account. Oh, that can connect back to your 3DS and everything, yeah. So... Nintendo dropped the hammer on, on people, it sounds like. People reached out, and um, Nintendo did change their uh, rules a little bit on it. So what they're doing now is, basically, if this has happened to you, if you uh, show evidence that you tried to get your money back and lodged a complaint with the site that you bought the code from... Pursue a refund. Pursue a refund um, from GameFlip, and I'm assuming other places that do this, um, they will restore your account, um, but there is the caveat that if it happens again, they will issue a blanket ban again, and it will be permanent. Okay, so Nintendo's doing the right thing here, because you have to discourage this behavior, I think, in general, on these gray markets, but maybe people make a mistake or don't realize what they're doing at first. You know, yeah. They realize, it's like, yeah... I'll, people I'll, like to save I'll, money, and not everyone knows what's going on. A $10 code to a game that should cost 50 bucks. I'm in. Well, they don't realize that that could have been gotten illegally, Right, that code. So that's good on Nintendo for changing it uh, there. Uh, you know, everyone gets, a, you know, you get, you get one warning. There you go. Uh, Nintendo is dedicated to providing its fans a fun and welcoming environment. Nintendo, in a statement to Vice Game, said, To that end, we, we, will t- we take steps necessary to prevent fraudulent activity. Fans interested in purchasing digital content or codes to download that content can always do so through the N- Nintendo eShop, Nintendo.com, or from authorized retailers. That's what you expect Nintendo's going to say. Yeah, and I mean, I don't necessarily blame people wanting to get stuff cheaper, uh, especially Nintendo stuff that never ever goes on sale. But eh, sometimes you get those emails saying stuff goes on sale. Yeah, five bucks off. Five bucks, maybe ten. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, you, you, you build up the coins for credit, right? But like I said, I get it, and I I don't think I, you know I don't expect everyone to know how these sites operate, but. As in most things in life, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. It probably is too good to be true. I was there was it happened twice with the same person uh, in um, in Point Loma, where I, I came out of the supermarket and a, and two guys in a van come up. And say, hey, you want you want to buy a sound system? And I'm like, okay. And then like I it was in the van. It's like it's probably sound system that probably costs five thousand dollars. It's like one of these Hondo ones, right? You know. 
and it's I know the guy stole them. Like I mean, because no one's looking to get like I think you I think you said he'd want like only like a thousand for it. And I'm like this has to cost easily two or three thousand. Sure, this is like the audiophile sound system, and um, this is the online version of that. That's all. That, yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. Like you still have people that find stuff off the back of fell off the back of a truck. But, um, you know, well, I mean, common problem. I, I, you know, it's a common scam. I knew someone back in Buffalo who, uh, you know, the, oh, you want to buy this laptop? You want to buy this laptop? And they try to move you real quick in the parking lot of like a big store. And, uh, he, you know, spent like a hundred bucks on this laptop that was probably, you know, should have been worth, you know, like 800. And, uh, you know, you open it up and there's a brick in there, you know, surrounded by paper. And it's like, you know what it was when I was in high school? Huh? It was, um, it was uh, sh- shocks for for mountain bikes because in the, in the mid mid nineties, shocks on mountain bikes were pretty brand new and they were expensive. Really, they were like three hundred dollars just for the shocks. Now, any mountain bike you buy in Target for one hundred and twenty bucks has shocks on them. But that, there was a time where they they didn't have them. So like. They'd be able to say uh, it wasn't the roughest, but not the safest area a town over from me. Yeah, I almost got in fights a couple of times. One time I was walking home in the dark and I had a tennis racket on. Obviously, the kids in the you were playing street tennis. I played regular tennis. Oh, okay. But that playing tennis saved me from getting beat up by two thugs that were around my age because I had a tennis racket. They were going to cost me for whatever money, but it was like, oh, he's got a tennis racket. They wanted to play a certain kind of street tennis. Yes, and okay. I would have slammed the racket against their skulls. Uh, thick but quick pat or just ran away from him either way so what was i saying oh but there was a kid that we kind of hung out with that you know mountain bike shocks when when you're when there's a park a decent sized park that's really where everyone congregates and you get all walks of life when you're a teen mm-hmm. we're talking like 13 14 15 and the one teen is like oh you want shocks for your mountain bike i had a pretty good mountain bike i i had a um a mongoose pretty good brand sure. but it was right before you know uh, the shocks were cheap I can get you. He's like, oh, I can get you. I can get you shocks for like fifty bucks. I'm thinking, how is he going to do that when they cost like two fifty for that front fork shot? Like, he's got you got to rip him off a bike. So yeah. that was that was happening. So it's always been happening. People have been ripping off items. I never told you that story about the tennis racket almost got beat up. No, I didn't get into a lot of fights as a kid. I only got into like a handful. But I learned how to navigate around them the older I got. That's the whole point. You you, you navigate around them. Yeah, I didn't get into any fights in high school. I, I got into fights in middle school. I think the, the last real f- heavy fist fight I got into was eighth grade, so like 14. Yeah, that would be the, that the last one. Uh, that would have been about the same for me. I 13 years old, 12 years old. And then in grade. high school, it was like almost, but you, you got to know a lot of times it's saving face with people and, you know. Oh, one time, well, whatever, I won't get into it. That's a whole other story. I almost got in a fight with someone that was a friend that was like a freaking shot putter and javelin thrower. That would have ended horribly for me. Oh, that wouldn't have been good. John, love you, John. We're still we're still good terms, but wow. Yeah, that was that was that was a rough one. <laughs> he was like five foot seven, but like you know two forty. Like it was just like like built <laughs> like solid stone. Anyway, all right. Anything? Sorry, we're talking about bands. All right, so it's good that Nintendo's doing the right thing. Yes, I uh, hear. Uh, so be be careful where you buy these colors and support the support the people making the games, you know that's the most important thing, right? Yes, indeed. Uh, oh, there's a thing to point out from the article. Uh, several hours after being contacted by Vice Games, Game Flip announced it was temporarily removing the ability for uh, its yes. users to even sell Nintendo games digitally. We acknowledge that Game Flip users have reported their Nintendo accounts getting suspended a few days after redeeming codes that were purchased within our marketplace. 
We are closely, we are working very closely with them by providing support, issuing refunds, and taking all necessary actions to prevent GameFlip and Nintendo users from being exposed to malicious sellers again. It's probably also to keep Nintendo off your ass. Yeah, I have a feeling. Um, uh, I have a feeling it won't be temporary. I have a feeling that that will probably. I don't think Nintendo would play around with this. Yeah, at the, you know, long term, Nintendo isn't like they don't. They're, they 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 don't walk any sort of tightrope when it comes to piracy. Like they're just pretty. Yeah. No, we're coming after you. You know, we're kind of coming after you. So, all righty, and moving on. Unless you have stories about people want to sell you stolen bike parts. No, I don't. Okay. We have a Patreon poll topic. Patreon ah, is at ah. Patreon. Ah. Dot com Stop shaking Slash CU podcast. And Ian has a writing that he'll probably do today, tomorrow. Yeah, probably today, tomorrow. That, that seems are, to be Any topping in your head? No. Uh, you can access the Patreon Discord, chat with other like like people that are fans of me and Ian squ- squabbling back and forth about things. Um, and then also you get the uh, you get the vote on the, on the poll topic. And Ian's, uh, Ian's hangout, which may happen this weekend, maybe? Oh, yeah, so, I've got to look into that. Um, so... Choices this week, probably this weekend. This was a nice, nice, sturdy, not a, not big heavy losers this this week. Third place, twenty two percent. Is there a sport slash activity that doesn't have a prominent video game that deserves one? Twenty two percent. That choice is coming back because I like that question. Second place, will we ever see another major major console that is not Nintendo slash Sony slash Microsoft? Thirty five percent. And in first place, Ian, what game franchise has been destroyed, blown up by greed? Um, man. Well, wow. I don't know that I have a specific, but uh, the desire to make sure certain game franchises have a yearly release has really done a number on a um, a lot of franchises. Uh, Call of Duty is definitely one that. Um, you There's know. the Call of Duty every year that is cycle from yeah. regular to modern to Black Ops. Right. Again. Um, now, they've got two development teams working at all times, so there's always a two-year development lead. But, uh, you know, people say that it, it, it has gotten worse since some of the early, like, since some of the Modern Warfare series, because they're obviously just pumping them out. You've ended up with some extreme duds like Call of Duty Ghosts, which no one liked. That game was $5 used in no time flat. Um, there was the Infinite Warfare, the Advanced Warfare, that was the, the Space that one. Bad, the one with Kevin Spacey? That there one was too the bad? the Space one, yeah. There was the one Oh, the Space the, one looked horrible. There was the Space one, and then there was the one with uh, the, the, the Kevin Spacey one with the fucking... Uh, robots type of The things. robot suits. Uh, that desire to have uh, you know a, a new title out every year, churning cash, has definitely hurt the quality of what used to be, you know, the flagship, you know, like um, war first person shooter sure. series. And and, it, it, and I'm not trying to shit on the series as a whole I, and I have mentioned this before. Some of those Call of Duty games were actually pretty fun. I played a lot of Modern Warfare 1. I played a ton of it. Okay. Um, and then uh, it, it has killed otherwise good series. Uh, EA is, is really good at doing that. Um, the Skate series, they pushed out like three uh, versions of Skate in almost no time. And, oh, really? And there hasn't been one since. It was just too much. Right, yeah. The, you, you oversaturate it. Um, the Guitar Hero games did the same thing. I was going to say, do you think Rock Band and Guitar Hero yeah, did too Act- much? Activision did the same thing. Too many packs and too many updates within like a, like three years. It was like... 
right. inundated. When you flood a market like that with a game, you've you've absolutely destroyed they it. They killed the genre, not just the game. Right. They pretty much killed the genre. Yeah. And um you know, it it, it, it takes its toll on it can take its toll on otherwise high quality series. Uh, I, I hesitate to almost bring it up because uh, if I don't criticize it enough, people will be mad, and if I criticize it, people will be mad. But the most recent Pokemon, I had fun with it. It was a good game, but it was definitely there were two cities in the last half of the game that barely had any places you could walk into. Uh-huh. You could see where the rush comes in when you're trying to push out a game or have something represent oh. a franchise on a yearly basis. Well, it's not just... Yeah, it's also like going back to the Kevin Spacey game where, you know, or the space one where we're, now we're pressured to do something different every year or, or, or every other year where, like, if you like, okay, or how do we make this bigger and better? We'll do robot suits. We're going to go to space next. Like, right. like you got to keep one upping yourself when you don't. That's not what people are asking for. They yeah. like they like what they like about the series. You don't have to just keep going bigger and greater. Like, what's after going to space? We're gonna go to go to the go, go to Mars next. For your, I mean, like, when is it gonna end? But I think one of the best examples was one that you had actually mentioned to me that you were gonna bring up, and it's very true. I have another one too. First, okay, I, I didn't realize how many Assassin's Creed games there are. Oh, I was. I, gonna I say, mean, holy shit! So I was going to say Assassin's Creed. The reason I left it off is I haven't played them. It's not a series that's ever interested me, and I've heard some of the most more recent ones have been better. But there was definitely a time where they were just shitting uh, them out. Assassin- There's been one a year since the first one. Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, Altair's Chronicles, Bloodlines, Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed Two Discovery, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Rearm, Revelations, Recollection, Assassin's Creed Three, Assassin's Creed Three Liberation, Assassin's Creed Four Black uh, Flag, Assassin's Creed Pirates, Assassin's Creed Memories, Assassin's Creed Rogue, Assassin's Creed Identity, Assassin's Creed Unity, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Assassin's Creed Chronicles, Assassin's Creed Origins, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey was the last one in ancient Greece. Yeah. I'm sure some of those are like remakes or remixes, but this is not a series that's been out for 30 years. No. It's been, what, 15 years at most? At most. It's been that? 12 years? I was working What's at Luna first? when the first one came out, so it's got to be, it's like under 15 2007. years. 2007. It's, it's, it, it's been 15 yeah. years. It's been 13 years, and there's like 20 games. Yeah listed here like almost 20 games it's insane but yeah having not played those i can't really say a lot like i said now I... those change up the time periods obviously some sure but at the end of the day you're doing the same shit in each one yes you're sneaking around with a hood somehow you always have a hood on and wherever wherever the time period you're on you don't always have a hood you don't no they're different characters different different main characters in different games have they not they haven't done a feudal japan yet that'd be a great one because then it's like tenchu That'd be fantastic. Actually, oh, no, that'd be neat. So, no, okay, give them give them ideas. But I'm surprised because there wasn't was there a game? No, the last one was 2018. They skipped a year. There wasn't yeah, one there was not year. one this last year. Oh man! Oh no! The, 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 I was surprised actually. Uh, I was waiting for it. The stockholders, they're gonna, they're, they're, they're gonna go after them in in France. There, yeah, maybe Ubisoft is finally oh. you know doing something. I mean, uh, they they Ubisoft came out and like addressed the fact that the last Ghost Recon didn't do well. They were like, yeah, people aren't happy with this. Uh, is there a lot of those Clancy games happening? They, I think they release a Clancy game of some sort every, every year, year, just yeah. about. Yeah, they had that one. It's not, it's not always the same because uh, they're the one that just took place in the house, right? Whereas the house, uh, you're basically like invading a house and keeping people out. That was was that a Clancy one? I have no idea what you're talking you about. Know, it came out like two, three years ago. It literally is, is house invasions, planning your invasion into the house, like counter, you know, like, like, a, like a, basically like a SWAT team. Am I making this up? Was this a game? I think you're making it up. That's a game, isn't it? There was one you were looking at called Wildlands, but that's not what Wildlands. No, was. Wildlands was the open yeah. world one. Yeah. 
Right, I have no idea what you're talking about. Am I out of my mind? Was this not a game? Sorry. So anyway, the other one we were going to bring up was was one I think that's a lot more obvious than saying, okay, so people would say, what about Madden? I would argue that those games, a year release makes more sense for a Madden game because um, the rosters uh, change a, a lot to, for the most part, especially in football. You get a lot of shifts. So you have to change the announcing up. Um, in terms of the graphic style, yeah, maybe you don't need one every year, but I think a football game is justification. But what I do not think is a justification is a wrestling game. Um, and the WWE games now are like um, EA games, sports games, where they got to come out every year. And this has been a huge issue also because the complexity of gameplay in a wrestling game is so finicky and hard to pin down that it's not like a football game where year to year you know what the gameplay is to expect. When you when you revamp a, a wrestling game, you can potentially screw up the gameplay so easily that the, the whole series is out of whack. Yeah, when 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 you do a yearly game for a sport, whether it's football or because I, I I disagree a little bit with you on, on the, the football on the football thing. Okay, I, I I think the argument has been made plainly for a long time that that could all be done with roster updates, a yearly update. Okay. Um. I mean, you want to you want your sports games to look the best, to act the best, but you still don't. I don't think you need to do a yearly one for that. You could do every couple of years. You do every couple of years for for, for, for an engine, you know, revamp. Um, but they always tend to throw in some new novelty thing. A lot of times, it doesn't stick around. Sure. Um, when when it comes to a wrestling game, if you want to be deep, you don't want to change up all those mechanics every year no. and sometimes oh. they don't like i mean the, some of the basic gameplay stays the same but they're always futzing with something to try to give it that reason for you to you know the, this reason why you need to go get the next year i used to buy the wwe games i started buying them again in like 14 uh-huh. and i stopped with 18 because they they were just fucking miserable they're just not good games like they're 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 not they're they're oh. they're, they're, they're you could see where a good game once was, but it has been, they've just built upon shaky ground. They've paved gr- over it. They've paved over it, <laughs> paved over They've built upon shaky ground. They've taken things out, and it's all like... It, it's a it, mess. It's, it's like digging for something good in there. Um, and this past year, the WWE 2K20 was all over the news sites for having... We talked about insane, it. Yeah, we talked about it, Insane glitches and things like that. Because they try to start from scratch with that. They didn't have enough time to do it. And I get I, like you want like recent angles to be represented and things like that but create a wrestler has gone a long way sure you can update new costumes yeah new, you know, sto- new storylines right you can you can you can do oh. and, and that's why i think it it, it it goes for the other sports games too i think a lot of this can be solved with patches while you work on your next truly big engine well, upgrade the, the, well the thing though about wrestling is that how much is the raw the rosters don't have like a huge amount of turnover year to year it's just well there's probably like 10 percent turnover of roster 15 percent at most and then well we're gonna put new legends in for this game that you haven't seen in like three four years you know things like that but you can do that with dlc and you can update stories with dlc uh story modes so I think you'd be better off perfecting the gameplay mechanics on your wrestling game and then having a new one even every other year instead of every main sure. year. And you can still charge 
you know, maybe the DLC pack for for this off year will be thirty bucks, but you're going to get almost like a whole new game's worth of content. Yeah, but you yeah. see, the thing is, it's like I was going to say that too. Like, oh yeah, thirty bucks, and you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. But no, it's not. It, it's not because that's what they charge for their year season passes oh, every year. Yeah, you yeah. buy, you buy. Don't forget, if you buy WWE 2K20, you're not getting the game until next year. There's also a $30 season pass of DLC. That, so that, it's really like a $90 game. Right. So they could do this. And plus, it's less less pressure on them to re- have re- having to revamp or add to the engine every single year versus working on it quietly behind the scenes. And I don't know the what the years. hell they're going to do now that Ukes is gone and this is all in-house 2K. They need to take a year off, and I don't think they will. But they, they need a serious... They need to at least catch up from this past they, disaster. Yeah, they, they need a chunk of time to really work out the kinks in this engine. Because it was... And basically like a, build it, because it wasn't a complete engine. Right. You know, so... Yeah, wrestling games are still the hardest to nail. Either They're either really on point or they're a mess. There's almost like no... There's not a lot of average wrestling games. I always talk about how great Fire Pro is, and I think part of it is Fire Pro stopped trying to evolve past a certain point. They, I mean, they've added... Uh, Situations and elements, but they have sure. the engine still the but, same. But the engine is the same. Yeah. When you have two well-made CPU characters and you watch them, it looks like, like, a, like a wrestling match and how they would act. And yeah, it's two D animation and all this. But the 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 more you try to add to it, I think visually, the more you try to, the more bells and whistles you try to add, the more the more places there are to go absolutely wrong with it and to ruin the flow and the momentum and the speed of, of the match. Sure. What was the one thing when they did, they, when they when they put in the reversals, and that was like, like mid-2000s, 2004, um, you could keep reversing back and forth forever. Yeah, you had to time it, but I remember, because uh, that was the last time I really played it, it was like 2004 or five. I think that was um, even in the 90s. I think by the, I think when you finally got to the SmackDown era, the, the SmackDown games on PlayStation, you could get like nearly infinite reversals. That, that what would happen if you, I played against, I got good at the game, I think it was 2004, because um, that was a game I had with my PlayStation 2. And, and when you played the highest difficulty against the computer, they would always do a reversal back to you. Right. But then I, I got so skilled I can do a reversal because it was just a trigger, right? Yeah. To, to reverse it back. You would get into 10 back and forth. It was ridiculous. That should, that should not be how a, a wrestling game works. There should be a cutoff limit to reversals or something or some other mechanic. But the, the point is is that once you change too much uh, to, to the whole flow of the game changes, then what do you do? Maybe you do like, I don't know, you wiggle the joystick for a reversal. So every year then you're playing the game differently. You, can never, you always got to relearn a wrestling game. Right. Um, you gotta, I got to sit down and spend a week to learn how to play a wrestling game now. They finally did reversals on the modern ones. It's like a stock system. Okay. Where, um, where you know, a meter will build up as you're doing moves, and it gives to, you a reversal stock. So you like can do that. like three in a row. It's not bad. Like but, a finisher thing. Yeah. You can stock a few finishers yeah. or whatever. Um, it's not bad. I, I, I honestly, it, it doesn't always create the most exciting moments, but I like the... Um, the Fire Pro way. You can do a reversal, but you can't... Well, it's automatic, the reversals. No, they're not. Reversals are not automatic in Fire Pro. You do them by hitting uh, weak and medium at the same time. You can actually call in a reversal. Oh, you can call them in now? I wasn't able to for ages. What? Since the Saturn. Are you sure about that? Yes. Since the Saturn, or at least G. Sega Saturn, Fire Pro. I've never heard of that. That only- was not in the manual for 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 the Saturn. You because I, I I downloaded that and printed it, it, it out. So as soon as they grab you, 
you can uh um, do your own move that's on the reversal though no as soon as they grab you you hit the the button press that the same button press you would do for um your finisher and it will trigger a reversal you can do it from when they grab you from the back when they grab you from the front okay you can tell me something fire pro i did not know that i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to fact check you on that one i had no idea that was a thing it's absolutely a thing I made with a new one. I did not know that was in the Saturn. Actually, I have no idea. when they grab you from the back, you don't press uh, both at the same time. You can either do a weak or a medium, and there's two different reversals. They're actually moves that you pick. You do not pick. Uh, you, you you pick when someone grabs you from behind. You could you could um in the, do it. And, and, and ever uh, since D, you can pick them. But even going for as far back as G, you can tap in a reversal. You can do like a standing switch. You can actually do a reversal. All right, I got, I got, I got. Maybe, maybe we're getting our semantics crossed about, about about this, because you can always do a move when someone grabs you. To me, that's not a reversal. No, when someone grabs you from behind. I'm talking can, about. Yes. I'm talking about when someone institutes a move first. That's yes. what I'm talking about. Yes, like someone goes to do a suplex and then I reverse yeah. the suplex. That's automatic in the game. It's based not by always your automatic. Okay. All right, I did not know that. We, we have our first fire pro feud. Yeah, it is not always that. automatic. You're telling me then if, if if I do a suplex on you. And I, I do the suplex up. You can then reverse it with a button press. When you go to lock it in. You can do it then. Not when you pull me up, but when you go to lock it in. Yes. You can increase your chance of getting the reversal. You can increase the chance of getting yes. it. I had never heard it before. Yeah. Fire Pro. Okay. So when I play Eno, I'll be better prepared then. Yes. This is a f- Fire Pro controversy. I guarantee you that was not in the Sega Saturn manual because I printed that fucker out on 40 pages so I could get the translation back in like 98. <laughs> I did that. All right. All right. Anything else? How do we get off on this tangent? Uh, here. I don't know. They're saying here in Fire Pro Wrestling World that it's automatic, but I'm... Oh, w- what? Is it? What? I'm looking more. What? Now, the thing is you can hold the like the B button to get up for a pin. Maybe confuse it with that. You can hold the button to get out, to get out of a, uh, a submission. Well, from the back... When they grab you from the back, there's definitely different do, reverses. Yes, but you're doing a move directly. You're doing a move. You sl- you select the move, then. Okay. That's maybe that's where we're getting our lines crossed. But maybe once a move is instituted, you cannot control the reversal. If I go to pile drive you and try to pick you up, and you back pile drop me. That's out of your control. That's based sure. on okay. the system in the game. I'm thinking of grabbing from the back is more what. Okay. I'm thinking. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll try to explain me it. Whatever. Didn't work out. You know that's okay. I still love you. Thanks for buying me Fire Pro. That I probably still have to play. You do. All right. Well, I got you back with Fishing Sim- Simulator. All right. <laughs> Which I've played. <laughs> All right. We have, we have a Q&A. We do. What um, is it? Uh, this is from the Unnecessary Fan, the, the completely unnecessary account, which is not me, Ian. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto thinks that Nintendo should adapt more of their franchises into movies. What Nintendo franchises would you like to see adapted into movies or Netflix shows? I'm glad he put in or Netflix shows here because not everything could work as a movie. Uh, Ian, what do you think here? Looking at, I'll bring up Nintendo franchises. Nintendo. Franchise. I'm sorry, not not reversals, counters. Are, I'm bringing it up. Are, are no, you really I'm right, bringing this back Because I just saw really it is. It's holding square, and that goes all the way back. That goes far back. So that's how you can that's how you can uh, counter when they're running at you. Like if they try to do it. That's Irish not a reversal. That's a counter. And okay. I knew that counters, counters. Whatever. I can't believe you're you're still. I, I, I pulled it up. Yes, you can hold the button to like hop over okay, the guy. So I'm thinking counters, okay. not reversals. All right. Okay. Thanks, Ian, for jettisoning the, the topic here. So, Ian, what franchises, Nintendo franchises, would you like to see uh, as movies? 
or Netflix. I like that he put or Netflix. That brings that opens up everything. There. You know, it's not one that I play a lot of. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm not like a huge fan of it. But I think Pikmin would make for really good like animated shorts. Um, I think like the, Pixar animated short stuff. Yeah, I think like the uh, like the style, the look of the characters. I think you could do like claymation or something like that. I think it would be really really fun to see that done in um, you know animated shorts or little movies like that. Uh, all, I, all little all little color guys have all different personalities or whatever. Yeah, okay. uh, I think that would be uh, one that would be very interesting. I also think um, the world that um, Metroid exists in could be interesting with the space police and stuff like that now would that be a better movie or like a limited series i think that would probably be a better series like a boba fett type yeah of limited i think that would be a better series not a not a not a movie because then you can develop get into her backstory more basically basically it's boba fett samus is kind of like boba fett silent bounty hunter you know what, what you don't know anything about him or her you know it, so yeah you need time to pull back the layers right so yeah it'll probably i still gotta i still gotta watch mandalorian there isn't enough on disney plus for me to buy yet there isn't. No, I Besides haven't. Mandalorian, what am I going to watch? Sorry. So watch that, that'd be like a good like six to eight episode series somewhere. Yeah. I think. Um, but I think those are the two that, that come to mind the most for me. Um, obviously, I think a lot of people want to see Zelda. Um, Zelda's st- a rough one. Cause I Zelda, still I- don't think that that would make a good movie or even TV series. You'd have to go Lord of the Rings if it was a movie. It'd be like a three-hour movie. It can't be like an hour and a half. Super Mario Brothers works for movies to me. That's an hour and a half movie. Sure. For kids. That, that's fine. Uh, that, that, that works. I, I did not like the cartoons when I was a kid for some reason. I watched it and I was like, eh, they're kind of shallow even for, you know, 10-year-old Pat. I didn't like them that much. Legend of Zelda, I think you can go, you could probably do, well, they're going to do the Lord of the Rings Amazon show, which is they're pumping so much money into that, so we'll see. You you could do an hour long show. I think Zelda would just be an epic movie. It'd be like a two and a half to three hour movie. I think you have to do it like that. I think once you have to because give because it's because it's one large story. Breaking it up would kind of be weird for Zelda, at least for me, Legend of Zelda. I think once you give Link a voice, it gets weird. You think it'd be weird? Do you I think, think I, th- I mean he's been a... how in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. No one's <laughs> excuse me. No one's going Excuse-me. back to the cartoon as a, as a uh, you know something that was particularly great. Um, He's been a silent protagonist for so long that I just don't. I everyone's got a different idea as to what his personality is. He's a noble elf kid. I mean, or elf teen, whatever the hell he is. What, what do you mean? What? Not something I would want to see. Just because of the voice, really? Yeah, I don't want to see a character that has you're, you're not a, had a personality you're, you're, for years and then have them suddenly give him a personality. It would be like a. It'd be like a. It'd be like a, any elf in Lord of the Rings. It'd be like noble and. Austere, like oh, yeah, I'll I, save the day. I think that ruins it a bit. It ruins it. Yeah. Okay. I'd always wanted to see like a Lord of the Rings budget Zelda movie. I think it'd be amazing. It would probably cost like you know three hundred million, but I don't think it'd make, it, make its money back. Or maybe it would. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it could look outstanding. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm just telling. That's how it look. And that that's the problem. I think visually, the the world is rich enough to absolutely sure. do it. But I just don't see how they would bring him in as a character. So those are the three big ones we hit on. We hit on Metroid being cinematic, probably Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, they are doing the movie. I think it's like, still, is it still two years away? Jesus Christ. It was it's crazy. Not- the fucking theme park opens before the movie comes They announced out. that movie like two and a half years ago, I thought. Yeah. Like it was a while. I know it was a while, but I mean like, and I know animated movies take time, but God, you gotta have a script ready at least by this point. Uh, looking at, there's there's not a huge amount that be, I think both cinematic 
and be able to appeal to a lot of people the more I look at some of these games. Uh, you couldn't really do Punch-Out, because I think that's, that's like, you know, you're doing Rocky at that point. Um, I don't think enough people would be interested in Kid Icarus. Would you, how about a, a Kirby animated series? That'd be cute. They did do a, they did, there is a Kirby cartoon. Oh, they did? Yeah, there's a Kirby cartoon. Was it in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Was it cute? Yeah, it was cute. It was adorable. Um, Fire Emblem, I think, is probably doable as well. I think that would make a very good limited series. I don't think you would necessarily want to do that as a movie. Um, Fire Emblem games, they have a silent protagonist, but it's different in each game. It's, so you wouldn't care if you it's heard It's literally them. just a placeholder. So they could just make a new... So it'd be like a serial series. Like one season is one story with these characters. You could. Or, I mean, you could just create a character to be the main character since there's tons of characters surrounding them. And there's drama. It's like, you know, Game of Thrones-ish a little bit. Yeah, exactly. The multiple houses, plot politics just, between all that. Just less nudity and penises in the in the series, probably. Probably. Game of Thrones. So that would probably work. Um, <laughs> penises and NES. Uh, I was thinking about there would be a way to do an F-Zero game if that would be... F-Zero series if that would be interesting, like Speed Racer. If that, would be that could be amusing. I actually thought of that the, one. Over the, the top characters. Yeah. And they are, they are over the top characters. Cap, I, guess you, I, guess you follow, I guess you follow Captain Falcon as the main character unless you create a new one. I guess it would be Captain Falcon. You would follow... You know, we'll settle it in the race, Falcon. I, I hate to say it because the characters are over the top, and there's natural drama associated with something like racing or sports. I would almost say that that it's probably, basically Speed Racer, not yeah, F Zero. That would have a pretty good chance. Yeah, they probably were influenced heavily by Speed Racer. Now and I, I love Speed it. Racer. I never got into the cartoon. It was oh, too, I love it. Too weird for me as a kid. You know, the, the, the characters opening and closing their mouths, like, you know, weird animation like that. I think I've got all the... I think I'm, I'm one... What was it, the mid-60s? When was Speed Racer? Uh, Speed Racer was mid-60s. I'm one I'm one DVD away from having all the episodes on DVD. Oh, they're, they're on iTunes and Amazon Prime. Did you see the movie? What did you think of that live-action movie? I didn't. Um, I didn't want to see it. Yeah, first episode was 67. Um, it says 66 on Wikipedia. I didn't want to see it. Because I was like, this is ridiculous. But it's supposed to be ridiculous. I need to. <laughs> Everyone says it's fantastic. Is it supposed to be ridiculous though, Speed Yeah, racer? it is. But like, I, I just, oh. I was like, I don't know. I didn't want to see, like, I'm weird about seeing cartoons translated to live action. But this definitely seems like the one that would make well, the most sense. And it bombed horribly, didn't it? Because, like, who, who knows about Speed Racer in the U.S. that cares about it that much? Um, lots of people cared about Speed Racer. Lots, Ian. But I think it was just a weird choice for a movie. But Vani saw it and said it was excellent. Literally every person I've talked to has said it's actually a fantastic movie. All 20 did. Um, like, visually, it's fantastic. Uh, it's supposed to, you know, capture the cartoon very well. So it's, 2008. Wow, is that long ago? So I, now that I'm, I've been reminded about John it, Goodman's I will probably... It. Susan Sarandon is in it? I will probably watch this. Uh, Christina Ricci is in Christina it. Christina Ricci. Where's she been? She hasn't been around lately. I don't know. Still looking good, Christina. Still looking good. Um, okay, try anything else. That'd be an interesting one. Zelda, Mario. No, no, no. I went through the I went through the, the Smash list. Brothers roster. I don't want to see a Smash Brothers. No, game. I said I went through the Smash oh, Brothers the roster. roster in my head. Oh, okay. Yeah, to to figure out who you know what what are no the big Donkey, properties. Donkey Kong series that wouldn't make sense. Maybe Donkey Kong Country. Maybe that'd be a nice animated series. Sure. Do it the same style. Do it like that, you know, the CG, yeah, half CG, half half drawn style. That could be interesting. Yeah, there's enough characters in Donkey Kong mm-hmm. Country to do that. Then I think about it. Actually, that appeals to me more than than I thought it would. Uh, than I'm thinking about. Okay, how many do you think will actually happen though after the Super Mario Brothers movie? Because me and Moda saying we got to do more of these. 
Do you think there'll be Metroid? I'd say Metroid and Zelda are the, are the surefire ones they're going to do. I think Metroid and Zelda are the two that make the most sense because they're they're different enough from Super right, well, Mario Brothers. Make the most sense from a commercial standpoint. And both... I still think F Zero makes the most sense from an actually <laughs> from Eads from Eads from an actually watchable now standpoint. Now he wants to see he wants to see F Zero. I'd watch that. He wants to see the races with the ramps and yep. the sound effects. Oh man. Okay. Well, it's a fun podcast. It is. Uh, we had a fire pro dispute. Uh, we're going to be at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo. I think we are. We are. I don't think we're announced yet, but I think I can say we're going to be there. And that's March uh, 23rd and 24th at the SoCal Gaming Expo. Come see us. Come see everyone's pale Norm the Gaming Historian. He's announced as well. Oh, yeah. excuse me, March 27th and 29th. Um, and then I'm going to be at PAX East in, uh, Jesus Christ, two and a half weeks already? Oh, my God. Uh, that's the 27th. Through the uh, 29th. I'll be there the 28th, 29th, and the 1st of March. We're doing a showing of Not For Resale on that Friday night at 8 o'clock. Um, and then there's another one I can't announce yet. And I'll be at Midwest Gaming Classic. And Midwest Gaming Classic is the week after SoCal. So that is April 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Wisconsin Center, Milwaukee. She's headed, Wisconsin. All right. Sorry. Anything else to add, Ian? Oh, yeah. uh, uh, not for resale movie.com. Check it out. Ian liked the movie. Most people probably like it. You know, it's a nice, nice. It's 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 not not too long, except for Ian's bladder, maybe a little bit. Time for lunch. Time for lunch. <laughs> All right, that's Ian. That's Pat. I'm Pat. You're Pat. We're gonna go play some Fire Pro. We'll see you later. Bye. I'm so hungry. Like 20 minutes ago, I just got ravenous. <laughs>